Hello, I'm Jim and this is On The Left Side, the alternative football show. If you've not subscribed yet, then make sure you do. That way you get next week's dollop of football goodness while it's still steaming hot. This week, we got a glimpse into the mathematical mind of a football manager, courtesy of Big Sam Allardyce. The Crystal Palace boss took to his programme notes to share his formula for success when he pondered the theory that... If you put an extra 2% on every player, that's an overall 22% increase on how you play. I'm not sure that it is, Sam. Even if that was a thing, then surely that would still be a net rise of just 2%. Anyway, what you're suggesting would create a maximum level of 122%, and as we all know from any post-match interview, 110% is the most that any football player can mathematically give. Forget Crystal Palace, I think Big Sam may have been on the crystal meth. What's coming up on this week's show? We look into the inner psyche of Robbie Savage, point the finger at Leicester City, and identify the exact day that music officially died. But first... I've got a confession to make. I think I'm falling in love with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I know I shouldn't. I know I should really hate him, yet somehow I just can't. The big, beautiful, ponytailed, arrogant bastard has won me over. The man is pure class. He's got an aura of Eric Cantona around him. And being the supporter of a rival team, his brash arrogance should wind me right up. But instead, I just find myself giggling like a schoolgirl. For example, the other week when he was asked about his man of the match performance in a post-match interview, he compared himself to another hero of mine. Wherever I went, I won, so I'm like Indiana Jones. I mean, I suppose it's not the greatest analogy, but at least we know what DVD box set he got for Christmas. It could have been better if he'd said something like, I'm like Indiana Jones, because wherever I go, I come away with a trophy. Or, I'm like Indiana Jones, because I'm quite old, and although still turning out some decent products, I should probably call it a day soon. Or even, I'm like Indiana Jones, because I don't like snakes. Which I guess wouldn't really make much sense. Unless he'd just been playing against Dimitri Payet, of course. But I like the confidence of comparing your own footballing prowess to that of an action hero. But I think that's exactly how he sees himself. His kung fu kick celebrations, his Steven Seagal-esque looks, and his low gravelly, overly dramatic voice like a henchman from a Bond film. But what makes him most like an action hero is his cool, dry wit. You know when in a Hollywood blockbuster the hero will battle bravely with an army of evil wrongdoers before calmly brushing the dust off his hands, turning to the camera, raising an eyebrow and delivering a killer line? Well, Zlatan does that, but he does it on the football field. Every bloody interview. Take last week's EFL Cup final against Southampton. In three post-match interviews, he managed to deliver three quality lines. When he was asked about picking up a trophy in his first season at United, he said... There's other clubs that didn't win for 10 years. I mean, I won half and what they won in 10 years, so I'm happy for that. When he was asked where he was going to put his winner's medal, he said... It's, it's in the museum. I have a house only for the medals. And when he was asked about his physical exertion after the game, he said... The boss has given you a couple of days off now. What will you do? I have to recover. I was almost dead in the end. OK, I mean, it's hardly Oscar Wilde, but it's pretty witty for a footballer, isn't it? It's better than, I just stuck out my head and it went in. So, 
Keep up the good work and go and have a rest, Zlatan. Go and sleep in your superhero lair on your piles of winner's medals and regain your power. But don't ever, ever change. Right, I'm off for a cold shower. Do you remember how last week I said that the sacking of Claudio Ranieri felt more like a funeral than a changing of managers? I pointed out how the club's statement almost sounded like it could have been read at the Great Italian's funeral rather than at an HR meeting. Well, I hadn't banked on Claudio Ranieri releasing his own statement. If the official announcement stopped just short of sounding like a eulogy, Claudio's own words took a running jump over it, landing in a pile of hankies still moist from the tears of fans mourning his departure. It read like this. Yesterday, my dream died. After the euphoria of last season and being crowned Premier League champions, all I dreamt of was staying with Leicester City, the club I love for always. Sadly, this was not meant to be. The adventure was amazing and will live with me forever. No one can take away what we together have achieved and I hope you'll think about it and smile every day the way I always will. It was a time of wonderfulness and happiness that I will never forget. You took me into your hearts from day one and loved me. I love you too. I mean, talk about laying it on a bit thick. I never gave that kind of speech when I was sacked from that job in McDonald's. Yesterday, my dream died. From the euphoria of being promoted to the fry station, from the Big Bang Grill, that'll live with me forever. The adventure has been amazing, and I will smile every day when I think about those little packs of barbecue sauce that I pinched. I'm sorry, I can't read anymore. Jesus, excuse me. Meanwhile, whilst fans were busy looking at soft-focused pictures of our Claudio on their TV news channels, reports of a player power revolt had been rife and the finger of blame pointed firmly at the professional footballers who had somehow won the league last season and yet this season looked like a load of Sunday league players from the dog and duck still drunk from the night before and chomping down a bacon butty while standing in the centre circle. These suggestions were swiftly rebuffed by the likes of Mark Albrighton, Jamie Vardy and Kasper Smeichel in a scene reminiscent of school kids pointing at each other and looking at the floor while the teacher asks who drew a giant cock on the school blackboard. Well, I say Kasper Smeichel denied it. What he actually said was... I, I can only say as, as a player at this club, I have no influence on, the, on any decision like this uh, or any say of, of any kind. At no point has, has, have, have they taken our advice or, or asked for our consultation. Yeah, sure. I may have demanded that he got sacked, threatened to leave if he didn't and blamed the team's poor form on his managerial decisions, but I don't think we have any real influence. I'm sure Mr. Smeichel has a potential career in politics if the football should ever go tits up. And I mean, more tits up than it's gone at the moment. Also, if you were to believe the stories in the press, you'd have former manager Nigel Pearson as the players nailed on favourite to replace Ranieri, with everyone clearly forgetting that Pearson had only just kept Leicester City in the Premier League when he got sacked a few years ago after a rift with the owners because his son was filmed enjoying an orgy with a Thai prostitute whilst using racist language. Uh, Oi! 
But I mean, that's all good, honest fun compared to, what, banning chicken burgers from the players' canteen, right? But if not Pearson, then who? Let's ask Paul Merson. Surely he'd be up for a proper football man and more importantly, an English man like Pearson taking the role. Right? Why don't they test the water with whole city with silver? He's made such a difference in the last three months, it's phenomenal. The end of the season, his contract's up. Hang on, is that the same Marco Silva that you said, not eight weeks ago, should never be given the whole job because he was a bit foreign? Why has he always got to be a foreign manager? What's he he like about the Premier League? I thought so. Well, I guess two months living in Hull is enough to make anyone 100% British. One person that is 100% guaranteed bona fide British and couldn't be more English is ex-England manager Roy Hodgson, who is already apparently having informal talks with the club about the role. I've no idea what an informal talk is, but I'm assuming it goes something like this. Hey, Roy, baby, how's it going? Fancy the job? I mean, whatever. If you want it, don't care. I think Roy would be absolutely perfect. If it really was the players who ended up getting Ranieri the sack, then Roy would be their just desserts. What's that, Jamie Vardy? You didn't like Claudio's pasta diet? Well, let's see how you fancy taking corners and playing your matches on the left wing. Football has gone rap music crazy this season. It all started when Paul Pogba's arrival at Manchester United was announced with a grime video that left everyone over the age of 30 asking, excuse me, what's a Stormzy? Mm -hmm. But what I think may have happened this week is the end of that phenomena. Step forward, the Romford Pele Ray Parler, who in one quick mic drop may have just killed not only his own credibility, the associations with rap and football, but also the grime movement itself. If you want to make a music genre instantly uncool, then all you need to do is get a 40-year-old man involved and sitting in the TalkSport studio, along with Stormzy next to him, Ray Pizzi had a go at his very own Arsenal-inspired grime track. It was as terrible as you can probably imagine. I remember 2003, in my wit with Thierry Henry, that man was murky, he could roast teams like a turkey. Patrick Vieira, that man was our breadwin. Opposition midfielders, he put the fear in. Pat was a skeng man, I was no West man, but he wasn't just a hard thing, his game was painting. Us invincibles, undefeated mandem. Never looked skitzed, we all worked in tandem. Wicked. Oh my God. And he did that with the man himself, not two foot away. I mean, that's like meeting Da Vinci and drawing a tash on the Mona Lisa while saying, here you go, mate, I've sorted this one out for you. Hang on, did I just compare Stormzy with Da Vinci? Sorry, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But it turns out footballers can ruin songs even when they're nowhere near them. This week, a Belgium R&B artist released her new tune that she'd named after Chelsea stopper Thibault Courtois. When asked why she decided to feature the player's name, she just said she liked how it sounded. But if you listen to the lyrics of her song, I think there's a bit more there. Yeah, man. Well, you listen now. I don't mind speaking, see? The lyrics translate as... Listen. My position is in defence. I stop bullets for you. If I give little love to others, it's because I keep it for you. Keeper of hearts, like the Chelsea player, it's my Courtois side. If someone came on to me that strong, I'd be booking a fancy dinner and taking a precautionary trip to the chemist within seconds. Oh, as we're talking Premier League footballers, I'd be calling a few of my teammates and making sure I had enough memory on my mobile phone to make a dodgy video. Wicked. 
Robbie Savage isn't usually someone who I'd feel a lot of sympathy for, but this week that all changed. The Wales midfielder has made a career out of winding people up on and off the pitch, but it turns out he's a sensitive little flower after all. As he revealed in his new podcast, Flintoff, Savage and the Ping Pong Guy. I was the most insecure person ever. When I signed for Derby and I was having a shocker, you know those, those chat boards, I made up a name and went on them and used to say, Robbie played well today, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. You've really kept that self-obsessed, egocentric part of your personality hidden all these years, haven't you? After hearing that, I felt like I wanted to do something. Robbie is the kind of person that fans just love to hate, so I thought I'd take some of that hate and I'd turn it back into love. I've been on Twitter and I've found the most vitriolic Robbie Savage tweets that I could find and I've turned them into lovely messages for the TV pundit instead. Here we go. At Robbie Savage 8. You are without doubt a complete and utter c- King amongst men. Well done, Robbie. I can't watch at Robbie Savage 8 on TV anymore. Every time I see his smug face, it makes me want to puke. Pucker up and kiss him. It's making me question my own sexuality. Oi, at Robbie Savage 8, why don't you take your opinion and stick your head... And shoulders on those lovely, glossy locks of yours. You really should guard such great hair against dandruff. There you go, Robbie. I hope that makes you feel better. You complete an utter dashing young man. Ta, that's me done for the week. Thank you for listening. Head over to ontheleftside.co.uk if this has left you wanting a bit more because there's loads of funny pictures, amusing videos and loads more audio episodes like this as well. I'm off to write nice things about myself on some podcast message boards because that's full time. Bye. On the left side is a load of... Ab- Abrupt audio. Bol- Brilliance. This load of shit... Sounds... It was made by that... Tw- Talented guy... Ant McGinley and... Fu- funny man... Jim Salverson. go. Jim from on the left side has a sexy voice. His wit and and charm is a thing to behold and I think he's probably very good in bed. If he was a vegetable he would be a cross between a butternut squash and a pumpkin and I'd really like to squeeze his... He's got a lovely sensitive side. The Wales midfielder. The Wales midfielder has made a career out of winding people up on... I've got a burp coming. There it is. That's better. Couldn't concentrate. The Wales midfielder has made a career out of winding people up. Wicked...